0: Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This morning in our message and throughout the whole morning, you've you've been hearing about being restored unto God and God's mandate, God's desire that we would go into all the world. And so throughout this morning, we're going to be hearing of opportunities, things that have already happened, and opportunities that we can get involved with to be the hands, be the feet of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18-19. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, Reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word or the message or the discourse of reconciliation. Verse 20 We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God's very desire and plan from the very beginning once sin crept in was that people would be reconciled back to himself the relationship would be restored we find in the in the book of genesis when god created man he wanted fellowship with man and it said that he walked in the garden in the cool of the day with man god's purpose was that he would have not just subjects to worship him but he wanted fellowship he wanted communion he wanted a relationship with man and when adam made the choice and ate of the forbidden fruit, as Adam made that choice and ate from the tree the knowledge of good and evil, that relationship with God was broken. Immediately, that relationship with God was broken, and we were no longer walking in fellowship with God. And from that moment on, God, throughout the Scriptures, throughout time, has been calling us back trying to restore relationships, showing us the need to be restored in relationship to Him. That's the purpose of of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the mandate that we have as Christians. In Luke, it says that Jesus came, His whole purpose was to come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's what Christ's desire for us is to become part of. He said He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. We can't actually reconcile people, but we have the message of reconciliation for the world. Not just to go and love and help, but actually to go with the purpose of restoring relationship between a fallen world and a holy God. And that's God's whole purpose for us as humans. I'm going to have Brandon come forward and he's going to share a little bit more. Do you want to do the video first or come? Okay. We'll have them come, then we've got a video. This morning we've got a number of things gonna be peppered throughout our, our service this morning to just see how important it is that we're to be involved. That that God has given us a calling. And so Brandon's gonna share a little bit about something that's on his heart and has been for a lot of years. And I'm excited because it's on Shannon and I's heart too. We do this every year, so
1: Okay. Um This year, I'm going to be doing the Christmas child boxes. And um, I just really like doing that and enjoy doing that. and I just want to try to get the church involved with it, too, and the subgroups groups and the youth group and the kids group and just all that. And so I just hope you guys share this vision with me, too. And so here we go. Watch this video. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that video. Um, We're going to, I think it's November 6th. That's when we need all the, the boxes in so we can take them down the hill and take them to a distribution center. And so, thank you. You
0: can get more information online at Samaritan's Purse, uh, or is it Christmas Child probably too, but Uh November 6th, you got to remember that day. that's three weeks from today. The reason it has to be so quick is because they have to, it gets processed, they actually have to go through the boxes and make sure everything's appropriate. And there is a list of things that you want to give. You can pack a, a gift for a boy or a girl. Um, with the with the boy gifts, even though we love them, you, you don't pack guns. Because you know, you think, oh, a little toy dart gun or something would be fun for a kid to play with, except the people who are receiving these might have actually had their parents or siblings right. murdered. And so we've got to think about those things. Go on. if you have any other questions. There's instructions there. We're going to continue to show uh, a little clip each week, give more, more information um, to really be a blessing. This is just a, a great opportunity. We've actually received a letter or two back over the years from kids that we've sent the boxes to. That is really exciting. So include a picture. And it will be a really great time. Thanks, Brandon, for heading this up. That's going to be great. Amen. The Bible is our authority. Prayer is our means. Dependency upon God is our posture. This morning, we want to talk about something different. I want to talk about our passion. What is our passion? Our passion as a body, as a church, and I desire and believe that it needs to be and desire that it will become that our passion will be restoring relationship between man and God. Restoring relationship between man and God is our passion. And these things can even... These are partially faith statements because the passion can sometimes dwindle. Who... Who understands that? You might have a passion for something one day, and then the passion dwindles. But this needs to be stirred back up into our heart, where as a body of believers, truly we can say restoring relationship between man and God is our passion. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If that was the reason he came to earth, why on earth would we have a passion about anything but that? Restoring man and God in relationship together. And this, this message really has two parts. So there's two components to restoring relationship between man and God. And one is restoring a relationship that never was there for the person. Restoring relationship between God and man because the man that was born never received Christ. He was out of fellowship, and, but that needs to be restored. The other is those who've come to Christ, who've walked with Jesus but have fallen away. Not talking whether or not they've lost their salvation. It's just a matter of that they are away from God and that their relationship from, with God has been hurt. It's been broken. And it needs to become a passion of ours to restore that relationship between man and God. is a passage we just read in Corinthians that he has given us the message, the ministry of reconciliation. How powerful that is. Every one of you, if you look around the room, you can look at some of the people who go, Even them, yes, even them have been given a ministry. I've talked with a lot of people, and even myself in the past, going, Oh, I just, God, just give me a ministry, give me a ministry. Well, you've got one. You're in the ministry. And we have the ministry of reconciliation reconciling two things that don't agree with each other. See, when people are estranged from God, when they're outside of fellowship with God, they're not in agreement with God. Just as the, the English word reconciliation means to come into agreement, and you every month, some of you, sometimes not, you get your bank statement, and you reconcile that bank statement against your checkbook. And you've got to make sure that the two agree before you go out and continue to spend money. Now, some of you have neglected to do that at times. I've neglected to do that at times. And within a month or two, I find that I am now bouncing checks because I didn't take the time to reconcile and there was an error in there. And because those two things didn't agree, I began to write checks that I couldn't afford to write. When we're outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, we write checks that we cannot afford to write. We need to be in a relationship and an agreement with Him. Now, the thing with reconciliation, see, I, there's been times that I've, I've reconciled my bank statement. It happened not that long ago up here. And I was reconciling, and I, I found that there was an error, and there wasn't enough money in my checking account. Well, I went to the bank and found out that they put my check into somebody else's account. So I didn't my, my money hadn't been accredited to my account, and it was their error. And so that was a good thing that I reconciled that and found that they had made an error. Sometimes we might reconcile and find that you yourself, that I've made the error, and then I need to compare the records and say, okay, now we're in agreement again. But with God, there's only one side doing the changing. See, when we reconcile with God, He is right and we are wrong. We need to get to the point and help others get to the point that we can help them to see that without Christ, they're wrong. Not bad. Wrong. We've gone for too, too long and really brought judgment into the world and, and accused people of their sin. What we need to bring is bring love of Christ that still shows God loves you, but you're living in a wrong relationship. You're not in a relationship with Christ, with God, the Creator. We want to help you to be reconciled to God and in relationship. God is not the one who does the changing. We need to be the ones who do the changing. And we've got to be careful because it appears that the doctrines in some of the churches today are that God might even change for us. That we just get to live our life the way we want, and He just came to, to love us and give us a better life. God is holy, and we're outside of that relationship. When people are outside, they need to be reconciled to God, and that is the passion that needs to stir us up. Brandon has a passion for this for Christmas child. And these young kids that are going to receive boxes through at, at Christmas time, they're going to have the Word of God preached to them, and they're going to receive a gift from the hands of Jesus, from people like you and I. They'll receive a gift and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every box that's given has a, has a gospel tract and a book, not just a salvation, but there's a means that they can grow in their walk with Christ. Because it's not just about doing something good to somebody else and saying, I served somebody but it's serving somebody with the purpose of reconciling them to Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I know it's easier for me to serve somebody in my own name than it is always to go the extra mile and say, I'm doing this because Jesus loves you. For some reason, sometimes that's hard to do because now you've opened your mouth and the gospel is going to be shared and you're, and you're on that, that shaky. Does anyone, anyone experience that? You can go mow someone's lawn, but the next part of going, I came in to mow your lawn today because God told me to do it. And God loves you. It's a lot easier to mow the lawn and leave. But see, we will never reconcile the world to God through that. We'll just get a great name for ourselves and say, Boy, that guy's such a nice guy. Developing a passion to restore people in relationships. The mandate came from the very beginning. But in Mark sixteen fifteen, Jesus gave us the mandate. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus' coming. Preach the gospel to every creature. Preach to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Another scripture says that they are condemned already. They're condemned already if we don't go and preach. If somebody doesn't go and share the message of Jesus Christ, they're condemned already. And their fate is hell. But God is desiring to give us this passion that we would be those who would go and reconcile those to God. And I I looked up uh, passion, and it was interesting. I I used the Webster's Ninth Collegiate Dictionary. And the, the very first definitions... Of passion was Jesus' sufferings in the dictionary. That's the first definition. So I went down a little further because we don't think of that always as the first definition of passion. But one of the definitions that we're familiar with is that simply this it's the intense driving or overmastering feeling or conviction. That, that, that's a good definition of passion. That's what passion is it's an overarching or overmastering feeling. And, and when you're caught up in that passion, boy, you're, you know, boy, there's just nothing's going to stop you now. You've got a passion for whatever it is. But I went and there was another part of the definition of passion that's awesome because it's about God. And it says the state or capacity of being acted on by external agents or forces. God acts upon us to give us a passion for him. God acts upon us to give us a passion for him. For the things that he has a passion for. And he has a passion to be in a restored relationship between man and God. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Right there I fail because there's those times that that we we almost don't care about the world. And I've heard it said from, from people's mouths that they just would like them just to go to hell. You know the strongest word you can say to somebody? Go to hell. We throw it flippantly sometimes. Boy, no, we, how about go to heaven? Go to heaven. I want to help you get there. I want you in restored relationship with God because God has a desire to know you. Such an interesting thing. In Genesis, God made man in his image, male and female, he created them, the Bible says. He actually says, let us, make, let us make man in our image. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, the Trinity were there in the very beginning. And, and he walked with them. God walked with man in the cool of the day. That relationship was broken. That relationship was broken. And then man began to have children in his own image. God created man in God's image. Sin entered. Man began to have children in his own image for thousands of years. Procreating children, he looks just like dad. He looks just like mom in his own image, including the sinful nature. We create children in our own image. But God. We create children in the image of selfishness, deceit, and sin. But in Romans 8, 29, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Conformed to the image of Christ, not made in the image of man any longer. That's what God came to do. We walk around and we walk around in the image, apart from Christ, we walk around in the image of our parents. But in Christ, the the whole purpose is that we are being conformed. It's a process. Conformed to be the image of Christ. That's relationship with God. As we walk in that relationship with God, we become conformed more and more. People around need to be conformed to the image of Christ. They need to be reconciled to be in relationship with God once again. Reconciled in the Greek there's two different forms of it, but it means exchange. It means to exchange something or restored to the divine favor. It means to be mutu- to, to change and to compound into a difference. When we're reconciled, we are changed into a glorious difference. It's better. When you talk about res- restoration in the Bible, when you when we hear about restoration, if I if I go out and borrow Mike's car, which which is a fun car to drive, and I go and wrap it around a tree, the insurance will restore it. It will give him the value of the car, and then I'll be paying higher insurance premiums. But it'll get restored to him in like manner as best as possible. But in our in, in our in our terms of restoration, we just restore it. How much was your car worth? It's ten thousand, I'll give you ten thousand dollars. Now it's restored. And that's what we think of restoration. But if you read the Bible, when God restores, God's plan of restoration is always greater. If you kill an ox, five in return. If you kill a a goat, goat, four in return. More than the original. God's plan of restoration is better than it ever was before. God wants to restore people in relationship and give them a life greater than they ever dreamed imaginable. But the world is unknowing. The world sadly sometimes sees examples of Christianity. Oh, I'm a Christian. Yes, my life is miserable. I feel like, you know, Eeyore. I'm a Christian. Thanks for noticing. I want to tell you, you too can be restored to relationship with God like I am. Doesn't that sound fun? But God, when he restores us to relationship, it's better. Now, we're sitting here, some of us may be going, boy, it doesn't feel better right now. And I I, I go through those moments. It doesn't feel any better now. But what do we even just a few weeks ago talk about? We put our eyes on the prize. And the moment we get our eyes off of our circumstances and what's to come, we understand that our restoration is good. It's great. It's better than we could have imagined. And that's what the world needs to hear. That's what the world needs to see. And that's what the world needs to experience. But God began to stir up our hearts and give us a passion to help people be reconciled and restored in relationship. I'm just going to show a couple of uh, pictures up here of of a recent uh, crusade that Jason Friend had in Bakersfield. And it's exciting because in Bakersfield, 5,000 people came out. A few more than came to our tent revival. 5,000 people came out. 800 salvations. 800 salvations. His passion is for the lost. He has a passion to see the lost saved. And if you've you've read his books, Jason Friend has a passion that, that not just would they be saved, but their lives would be changed and transformed outside of what they know. And many of us Christians are still living in an untransformed life. We might be saved, but but there's there's more. God wants to conform us into his image. He's got so much in store for us. And it was so exciting to see these few pictures and to realize that as a church, as a body of believers here, we're part of that as we support Jason Friend, Jason and Cindy Friend in the ministry that they do. But is the support we give enough? Is God happy that we Throw in a few bucks. Or what's God calling us? I read in the scriptures that he's given all of us a ministry of reconciliation. We have opportunities and a few that we're presenting here even this morning. You can go to Mexico with Robert. Get involved with Christmas Child. Maybe go to one of the events that Jason's doing and see if you can be an usher or help there. Another avenue that we have that that is right here, and, and strategically given by God, is our life groups. In your life groups, if you if you're attending one, you hear regularly things like this. Let's pray for the people who should be in our group who aren't here. What does that mean? Well, somebody you know is supposed to be in your life group, and you're supposed to invite them. Let's pray for that person. Really? Yes. Really? Because it's not just about gathering together and gazing at one another thoughtfully and going, "Wow, Corey, you're so smart. Thanks for sharing that." We gather together for, for fellowship, for encouraging one another to make sure that each other haven't walked out of fellowship and relationship with Jesus, but it's also to say you are strategically placed into the world. You've got friends that I cannot speak to because of my position, or or you work with them. Let's help them to be restored to God. It's a great opportunity because you're surrounded by support and strength. And you can say, listen, I want to invite John to my group. I want to invite John to something, but, you know, I don't know what we should do. And other people say, hey, let's have a barbecue. Let's go to a concert. Let's do something together. And as a group, we can then reach out and show John the love of Christ, not just give him a track or do something else, but really minister to them. God is giving us opportunities all the time. But we need to pray, God, give me that passion. God, give me the passion so that I can see the lost better. You know, your heart's got, got to get excited and And maybe they break with certain pictures you see. But, you know, when you see the smiles on the kids, you can really relate with that. Begin to pray, God, break my heart. And this is a hard prayer. God, break my heart with the things that break yours. God's heart is hurt over the lost. God, help us to see that. God, help us to see that. When you really relate with somebody on, on a deeper level and understand their hurt, your heart goes out to them, but your move to action also. Isn't that true? When you really get connected, you're, it's not just that your heart and you go, Oh wow, man, I feel really bad for you. And when, I want to go to Whopper? It's different. It's man, what and in your move to action, what can I do? And these things begin to flow from us as, as human. Can is there anything I can do And we're we say those things because we feel helpless, but we want to help. God, help us to see your heart because he gives us clear things. When, when we see that heart and we say, God, I see that your heart is hurt for the lost. Is there anything I can do? He says, why? why, yes, there is. You can be my hands. You can be my mouth. You can be my money. You can be a home for the person to stay in for the week. God give us a passion. Give us a heart that like you have. Jesus as he walked on the earth, he set a great example. Jesus became a friend to sinners. He didn't bring judgment, he brought love, compassion and mercy. He was a friend of sinners. Now, because he was a true friend of sinners, he didn't let sinners stay in the state that they were in. But he was kind and compassionate. He didn't judge them, make accusations and judgments against them. But he did know when to call sin, sin. As he sat in the dirt and he told the woman who was accused, or not, who was found in adultery, he knew her sin. She was a sinner. And he said, Your accusers are gone. Go and sin no more. He was bringing her into relationship, but he had compassion and mercy. Jesus was a friend of sinners. It's been a big check in me. Am I a good friend of sinners? God, help me. Help me to truly reach out beyond myself. I went to a concert last Sunday, and this might sound really weird to you. And I was I was sitting. At, at the uh, House of Blues, we went to go see a Christian concert at the House of Blues, which is kind of kind of an oxymoron even that. Already some of you are going, well, House of Blues, don't they serve alcohol there? It gets worse. There were no tables in the restaurant part. We had to sit at the bar to eat our food. And I I know this is, I could take a risk, because some of you could say, you should have never done that. You should have sat outside. You should have done anything. And I sat there, and I actually thought, I need to be willing to come here more often with somebody who comes to this place and sit at that place and drink a 7-Up and love them in Jesus. Boy, are we going to stir things up if we let that get out? Even saying it makes me tremble. Is that okay? I need to become a friend of sinners and meet them where they're at, not to let them stay there, but to show them Jesus and to help them get out, not of the place. God will help them do that. need to help them get out of their life and their condemnation because they're condemned already, and they need to know the Savior who lived, loved, died, and rose again just for them. God, stir up a passion that I'll be willing to do whatever you call me to so that somebody will be saved. Stir up the passion. Stir it up. God, if we'll get this fire beginning to burn in us, we're going to see a difference in our in our community. We will. One of the things that has to happen... First in us, and then it will happen in the, in the world. And we even had a time of prayer this morning before worship started. We had a time of repentance. And, and last night in our, in our corporate time of prayer, I was really feeling, feeling led that I needed to come early, and, and I was already here, but come and, and lead the, the worship team into a, just a time of prayer. And it was repentance, confession, and then prayer for power and anointing in the Holy Ghost. Repentance is necessary for restoration. If you're this morning feeling removed from God, distance, repentance is the only way that you're going to come back into relationship with Him. And only you know what that repentance is of. Interesting thing this morning is I felt God leading us to do that. The outcome was not what I expected. I ended up crying like a baby. God, forgive me for my stony heart. God, forgive me for letting my passion dwindle. Restore me into right fellowship with you. You know, I haven't been out walking in the world and sinning, but there was, there was just something that had gotten in the way, and part of it was a cynical heart and discouragement, and I repented of those things, and I began to weep, and God restored me, and He's giving me a new passion. What is it that you need to repent of to be restored into relationship with God, that you need to be restored to the relationship and then also get the passion of God for the lost. He wants to stir it up. and The result will be good. The result will be good, but the process is difficult at times. Acts 3.19 is for The unsaved, but I believe it can apply to us. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repent. Let your sins be wiped out so that times of refreshing can come from the Lord. We need times of refreshing. We need that move, the refreshing wind of Jesus, the refreshing wind of the Holy Ghost to blow on us. God, help us to see the things that are separating us or hindering us, keeping us apart from you. God, give us passion. Remember the old Vineyard song we used to sing, and I want a new passion for Jesus, one like I've never known. More and more. I feel the Spirit inside. He's beckoning us. He is. He's stirring things up. Have you felt it? He's tugging. There's a wind changing. Things are changing. He's calling us back to a place of passion, relationship with Him, dependency upon Him and not on ourselves. If we continue to heed His voice, we're going to be in trouble because we're going to look a lot different than we do today. God's going to be in our midst more and more. And the power of God's going to be here. And we might become one of those strange churches. Strange bodies of believers. and power of God and the presence of God. Purity. These things will mark us. And I'm excited, personally, because I need those. More and more. I know there's more. I look around at awesome saints of God in this room who love God and who who go through so many trials and yet you've stood so strong through the years and even with all of the things of God that you have in you, I believe there's more. I believe there's more for you and for me. We step into that and we can help reconcile the lost to Jesus. This morning, I want to have a time of prayer. time to come and just spend some time with God. Maybe there will be things that God prompts you that you need to repent of. Don't, don't be afraid of that word. Sometimes I am, do I really need to repent? You know, Is it really that bad? It's just, God, I agree with you that I've wandered or I've walked or I've allowed this thing in my life. Forgive me, restore my relationship with you, give me passion for the lost. We're just going to spend a a few minutes in prayer. There's a song we're going to play, and the words will be up on the wall. But if you want, you want to come and pray, you can come and stand. You can kneel, lay down if you need need prayer. We'll just we'll come and pray with you. But can we pray and say, God, give me a passion? Give me a passion to help the lost be reconciled to you. Give me a passion to help Christians who've fallen away be restored in relationship with you. Let's worship the Lord as we close in this time of prayer. Let's make this our cry and prayer.
2: Jerusalem, nations we will go. From Jerusalem, Lord, let your healing flow. From Jerusalem, just like in days of old. To the world, to the world we will go. Yes, Lord. Send your power, let it flow Lord, take us to the world Send me light in every tongue It's your will that all may come Oh, lord take us to the world The out, we will go Send your power, let it flow, Lord,
1: Lord take
2: us to the world. Thine, every time, every time, knit your world and all may come, Lord, take us to the world.
0: Hallelujah, Lord. Give us eyes to see the lost around us. Give us a heart. Give us the boldness and courage. Fill us with the Holy Ghost, God. Send us out from this place with a passion for the lost. The passion for those who've walked away from you. God, let us be ministers of reconciliation in you, God.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Lord, send us out. Send us out. We will go. Send your power, let it flow. Lord, take us to the world. In every tongue, it's your will that all may come. Lord, take us to the world.
0: Send us out, Lord. Send us out, Lord. Thank you, God. We hear your call.
2: To the world we will go. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord send us out
0: God even as we go today the word says as they went as you go preaching now we go and we desire to preach with our lives preach with our love share the gospel in every every way possible God thank you Lord for stirring up the passion restoring relationship between God and man is our passion, God. pray that you would encourage and bless everyone this morning. Thank you for restored relationships here. God, continue to watch over us, directing us, guiding us, drawing us ever closer, ever closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.